Our reading today is from Acts 2, from the following excerpts. 1 to 8, 12, 14a, 22 to 24, 32 to 33, and 36 to 39. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This is the word of God. To come either side, there's lots of space. If you if you sit if you sit on the carpet, guys, if you sit if you turn yourself around and then you can look up this way because there'll be there'll be things on the screen as well. The older ones, if, older ones at the back, if you want to sit on the, the front row of chairs that have been left conveniently for you, you can do that. That's fine. So. Jesus, in fact, let's, let, guys, move this, move this way a bit, move this way a little bit, move this way a little bit, because then at the back they can, they can come in a bit, a bit closer, shuffle forwards. Sorry to, okay, that's better. Okay. So Jesus died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb, but then he came back to life and he spent time with his special group of friends who were called the who were they? God, the disciples. Well done. So Jesus spent 40 days with the disciples and then he returned to heaven. But before he went, he told the disciples to wait in the city, to wait in Jerusalem until they had received power from God. So the disciples waited and prayed and they prayed and they waited and they waited some more and then all of a sudden, Something amazing happened. There was a sound like the blowing of a powerful wind. So it might have sounded a bit like this. 
Have we got the? There's a. There's a on the on the PowerPoint. There's a. So there's a sound like the blowing of a. They're all gathered together in the uh, upper room, and then all of us they're praying together. And then there's on that on that slide with the flame. There's a a, a play button at the bottom. So. I, Right, so, so all of a sudden, didn't see that coming. So there's sound in this room, and tongues of fire came to rest on each of the disciples, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, in our language, in English, we have different words for breath, wind, and spirit. But in the language of Jesus' people, in the Hebrew language, there is only one word to mean all three. The word ruach means breath, wind, and spirit. And when the word ruach is used to mean spirit, it means the Holy Spirit. That is God's personal presence. In other words, God is here with us by his Holy Spirit. We can't see God's Spirit, but very often we can feel God's presence. And we can see the powerful ways that the Spirit is at work in our lives, in the church, and in the world around us. Now, I need a volunteer who's got a bit of puff who thinks they can blow out a, a candle. Okay, do you want to, what's your name? Dominic, Dominic, have you come up here? Well volunteered. Okay, so remember that ruach means breath, wind, and spirit. So Dominic here, you're going to represent the wind for a moment, okay? So I want to see if you firstly can blow out this candle. Okay, you did that without even touching it. Well done. Okay, let's pull this forwards. We'll put these down here. So the next thing, you stand at the end of the table. I wanted to see if you can blow over those toilet rolls. Oh, a bit more. Okay, and this, I might have to help you with this. We'll see. Okay, you'll need like a massive puff all in one go. Well done, excellent. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Dominic. That was brilliantly done. And tidying up as well. That's excellent. Thanks so much. Okay. Okay. Do you want to sit down? That's great. Thanks, Dominic. So, we can't see the wind, couldn't see Dominic's breath, but we can see its effects. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. We can't see God's Spirit, but we can see what the Spirit does. We can see when the Holy Spirit is at work. And on this occasion, on the day of Pentecost, when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, they all began to speak in other languages. Now, put your hand up if you're learning a language at school. Okay, quite a few of you. Adults, put your hand up if you've ever attempted to learn a language. Okay, that's almost everyone. So what languages are you learning at school? Chinese. Chinese? Indonesian. Indonesian. You learn to say hello in different languages. Brilliant. Well done. What language? Japanese. Japanese? Japanese? Chinese? 
Do you know what? Okay, we'll come back to you. So, a whole range of languages. Now then, who finds, learn, put your hand up if you find learning a language quite difficult. It's quite difficult, isn't it? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that to the test. I'm going to put that to the test. So I am going to pray the first line of the Lord's Prayer in Spanish. And once you've heard it, I want to see if you can put your hand up if you think you can repeat it back to me exactly. Okay, let's see. So the first line is, Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. So if you think you can repeat that back exactly... Do you really think you can repeat that back exactly? There's not many hands. There's not many hands going up. And do you know what? It's not surprising. It's not surprising. I'll let you have a go later. I will see. You have to remember it all that time. Okay? It's not surprising that most people are not confident to repeat that back. Because we have to learn languages. It takes a long time. It's really hard. Uh, we can't learn a language instantly, we can't even learn a sentence from a language instantly. But on the day of Pentecost, the disciples prayed in languages that they'd never learned, and it was the Holy Spirit who enabled them to do so. And there was a huge crowd in Jerusalem, Jews from all over the known world. And they spoke different languages. And they heard the disciples praising God in their own languages. So we're gonna, we're gonna hear a little bit what that might have sounded like. Anyang, Anyang, and Caleb, can you sit either end while we're doing the next bit? I want you to sit either end. Okay, so we're gonna hear what that might have sounded like. So if you speak another language, a language other than English, stand up. If you speak a, a, a language that isn't English, stand up. Okay, and what I'm going to get you to do, I'm going to you praise God in this other language that isn't English. Now, we'll put Psalm 145, 1 to 3 up. You can use those words to praise God in your language, or you can just praise God with any words that come to your mind in your language. So we're going to hear what it might have sounded like to that crowd on the day of Pentecost. And what we'll do... And let's have a couple of people who speak English. Uh, Helen and Leanne, do you want to, do you want to stand up? We've got English in there as well. Maybe, maybe Dennis, do you want to stand up? And we've got, well, I speak a few English. If you pray in tongues, that's fine as well. Okay. So, as we're doing this, we'll start a normal speaking volume, and I'll gradually raise my hands, and as I raise my hands, you'll raise the volume. We're going to hear what it might have sounded like on the day of Pentecost. Okay? So, let's praise the Lord. Okay, please be seated. So that's what it sounded like on the day of Pentecost. You probably catch little bits of different languages and people were hearing their own languages being spoken, God being praised in their languages. And the crowd was amazed. 
They said, hang on a minute, aren't these people from Galilee? They shouldn't be able to speak our languages. How come we hear God, or we hear them praising God in our own languages? So Peter, who was Jesus' best friend, he stood up and he said to the crowd, God promised to send his Holy Spirit in the last days, and now he has done. And he told them about Jesus. He reminded them of Jesus' miracles, how he calmed the storm, and he healed the sick, and he gave sight to the blind, and he walked on water, and he even raised people from the dead. And he told them that God came into the world in the person of Jesus Christ, but the religious leaders, they didn't even recognize God when they met him face to face. They were jealous of Jesus, and they handed him over to the authorities to be crucified. They killed him. But even that was part of God's plan. Because after three days, Jesus' dead body was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he came back to life. And Peter said, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. In other words, Jesus is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. There is no name above Jesus. And when the people heard this, they realized that they needed Jesus too. Now, they were still a bit confused. They didn't quite understand exactly what was happening, but they realized that they needed Jesus. And they said, brothers, what shall we do? In other words, how do we become Christians? And Peter said this. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to repent? Well, to repent is when, is when we're going in one way, in one direction, and we turn around. So a lot of people, they're walking away from God. They're ignoring God. They don't want anything to do with God. But when a person repents... They turn back towards God. They turn towards Jesus. And they say, Lord, I need you. I don't want to ignore you anymore. I want to do things your way. That's repentance. And when we turn to Jesus, when we turn to Jesus, our sins can be forgiven. That's all the stuff that we think and say and do that isn't very nice. And our sins can be forgiven because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And I'm going to show you how this works. So again, I need a couple of volunteers. Who's going to volunteer for this? Okay, so Dominic, you've been up, but Oliver, let's, let's go. Oliver, you come up. And Jess, you come up as well. Okay. So, Jess, this looks really mucky. It's not on the inside, okay? It's one size fits all robe, all right? You're just going to put this on. Okay. Where's your head? It's in there somewhere. Hang on. Look. Let's try again. You popped out without, it, without your head going through. Right, there you go. Okay, so if you, if you turn... That way, just go, just go a little bit. Look, Jess, if you face me, face, face everyone, and then just step a couple of steps that way without falling over it. Okay, there. 
Dominic. If you put this one on, and you come over here, come over here. So, and you stand there. So this, this represents all of us. Jess is representing every single one of us. And these dirty marks are all the things that all of us do wrong. This is all our sin. So it's when we get angry and we're, when we're mean or unkind or when we lie or we're deceitful or when, we, uh, when we're lazy or when we're, we're just horrible, all that stuff. That's all those marks. So that represents us. And this represents Jesus. And there are no marks because Jesus never did anything wrong. He's perfect. And on the cross, what happens, and if you put your arms out like this, Dominic, so remind us that that's Jesus on the cross. Yeah. So on the cross, an exchange took place. So if I take this off, sorry, try, try not to pull your head off with it. Okay, you put your arms down. And I'll take this one off you. Hang on, don't, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere, Oliver. Okay, because you stay there and put your, put your arms back up again to remind us that you're representing Jesus on the cross. And Jess, if you put this one on. Okay. So, it's nice, isn't it, to have a nice clean one instead of that filthy, dirty one. And this is what happened. You can put your arms down if you like. This is what happened on the cross. Jesus took all the, the mess and the muck and the sin of the world upon himself. And to all those who put their trust in Jesus, he gives a clean, fresh start. That doesn't mean that when we become Christians, we uh, suddenly become perfect. But it does mean that when God looks at Jesus' followers, this is what he sees. Because Jesus has taken all our muck and our filth upon himself. Now, of course, when Jesus rose from the grave, he didn't look like this, he looked like this. Because all this mess and muck and filth was left in the grave. That's the exchange, I'm going to try and pull this off. That's the exchange that took place on the cross. And if you'd like to give these two a round of applause, I think they did brilliantly well there. Okay, well done. So, if we put our trust in Jesus, we can be forgiven and we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if God's life-giving Spirit is within us, then even though we die, we will be raised to live with Jesus forever. So the crowd asked, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There are three marks of being a Christian. Christians are people who repent. They turn back to Jesus. They say, Lord, I want to do things your way. Christians are baptized, and Christians are filled with the Holy Spirit, but not necessarily in that order. Today, we're baptizing Hugo Sankey. Baptism is an official welcome into the church, into God's family. And the water symbolizes our being washed clean of sin. 
not just the stuff that's behind us, but everything that's in front of us as well. And after Hugo's baptism, Paul and Naomi and Christine and Natalie and Craig and all of us here will be responsible for teaching and raising and discipling Hugo in the way of Christ. And it is our prayer that the Holy Spirit will continue to work in and through this wonderful family. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you're with us by your Spirit. We thank you for the privilege of baptizing people into the body of Christ, into your family. And we pray, Lord, that we, all of us, will continue to on a daily basis, just keep turning back to you, recognizing that we need you, putting our hope and our trust in you. And we pray that you will continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we may, may be a positive force for good in this world. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.